I mean, Trump's Terry's attorney, Maggie, who was arguing today for that lighter sentencing, when he was making his closing arguments not that long ago before he was convicted, he was basically saying, don't blame my client, blame the former president. It's his actions and his words that were the reason what happened on that day. I mean, clearly the judge disagreed. The judge clearly disagreed because these are cases where people have to take responsibility for their own actions when they are convicted, and I don't think that's a surprise. I think you're going to see courts of law uphold rule of law. But it is not the first time that we have heard any defendants related to January 6th or their lawyers suggest that Trump is behind what they did that day. And I think you are going to continue to hear that. And that is where, Caitlin, and I'm not saying this is specific to this case, but just more broadly, this is where there is an issue for Trump facing liability for that day. It was something that his own aides warned him about in real time, that this could be an issue. And I think you are going to continue to see that going forward. Yeah, and what Evan was just noting there about the, the terrorism aspect of this, I mean, the judge essentially was ruling that basically that is something that could be applied here. He agreed with prosecutors that that could be part of the sentencing here uh, because of what Enrique Terrio and others did on that day, what they were ultimately trying to achieve. Trump has said he would leave open the door to pardoning a lot of the people who were convicted that day. I mean, does that, does the fact that domestic terror is now a part of this change that calculus, you think? I don't think it's going to stop Trump from saying what he's been saying. He's been fundraising to try to help some of the defendants in January 6th related cases. I don't think that this will uh, have him adjust anything. I'm sure his lawyers would like it if he would adjust some of what he's saying and doing. But I don't think for what he is saying himself, he sees political advantage in continuing to say that he might pardon people. He thinks that it, it rallies his supporters. What about the fact that, that his attorney is blaming Trump? I mean, do you think that could factor into whether or not Trump would ever, I mean, this is all hypothetical, but whether or not he'd pardon him? I don't think it helps in that specific case, but as you and I know very well, what Donald Trump sees as uh, beneficial to Donald Trump can change moment to moment. The other thing that we saw happen today was Jack Smith's team has issued this new filing. Um, as Trump's been posting links about the judge in his case in Washington in the same courtroom or same courthouse where Enrique Terrio was sentenced today, He's calling Jack Smith deranged. He says he has unchecked and insane aggression. And, and the reason we're highlighting that is because the special counsel today is arguing that those comments, which are happening on a daily basis, multiple times a day, could taint the jury pool. What is your sense of whether or not uh, Trump's attorneys are con concerned about testing prosecutors' patience here, about maybe seeing sanctions from the judge for Trump on what he's saying. Yeah, they're certainly aware that this is a possibility, that there is going to be a request for sanctions and that judges could take action. Now, what they'll argue is that this is infringing on Trump's uh, free speech rights, that he's a political candidate and that he you know, has to be allowed to say what he wants to say uh, in that context, and also that he's a defendant who's entitled to say things about his case. But to your point, that is a, a different measure. That is not just saying I'm an innocent person. That is really attacking prosecutors. And as he's attacked other people connected to these cases over and over again, as we've said many times, he will test the limits of what he can get away with up until the point he can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's attacking the judge repeatedly. I think Jack Smith, that's kind of been a New York constant, but mm -hmm. the judge who makes these decisions and has mm -hmm. such control over this trial, he attacks her basically on a daily basis. And she's warned him about not tainting the jury pool. So he is looking to see how far he can take this and how far he can get away with it. And we're going to find out what the answer is, but we've talked about this before, that typically in cases like this, when defendants are given a warning about what they say, what they post on social media, what they say in public interviews, they tend to be much more uh, circumspect than Donald Trump is being. He is just sort of letting it all fly. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to get interesting in Georgia because we've now seen all 19 co-defendants there plead not guilty. That means 
None of them will be showing up for, for their arraignment hearings tomorrow. They've all waived their right to the appearances. But we will see the judge there, Scott McAfee, hold a hearing for Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheeseborough, essentially on their arguments about severing the case and whatnot. But what's notable is it's going to be televised. Tomorrow mm -hmm. we will see what is going to happen. Do you think people being able to actually watch that will affect how they view this? I think it might, Caitlin. I mean, I think that so much of this has been behind closed doors or, or in a way that you can't see in real time. And it's being relayed through us in the media. And I think for the public to be able to see this, I think is important. I think this, look, I am very pro cameras and courtrooms in general. I think journalists generally are. Um, but I do think this is an important moment just in terms of people understanding what's taking place and forming their own opinions. It's gonna be a lot harder for defendants in these cases to say, this is going through a filter and this is somehow tainted in terms of public understanding when it's televised. And these are people who, Trump is not paying their legal fees like in the other cases that we see. I mean, what is your sense of the calculus inside his world over, of course, it's really expensive if he was going to, to cover for all of them, but if he doesn't, I mean, they could be more encouraged to, to make a deal with prosecutors, to cooperate, to try to get their sentences potentially reduced if they're ever convicted. I think there's a couple of things that have gone into this. We have seen Georgia be a little different in terms of how they have handled that case in his world compared to the federal cases and, and compared to the Manhattan case. So it's not totally surprising. Bluntly, I don't know what money there is to pay for all of these folks' defenses at this point. Save America doesn't really have a ton of money left. Now, how maybe much money have they spent? Ballpark. A lot. I mean, I, I don't want to get the figure wrong off the top of my head, um, but it's it's... Tens, millions it's millions. tens of millions of dollars on his legal fees and um, on and the reason I'm just delaying is there was an, an, an error put out by folks around him in terms of how much was spent at one point. They actually overestimated it, but it's still a lot of money. His these trials are costing him. I shouldn't say him. These trials are costing a lot of money for whoever is paying his legal fees and, and the, the fees of people around him. He doesn't even like paying his own legal fees, much less that of other people's. Correct. And so, you know, in certain cases, they have paid people's legal fees. As we've discussed here, the fact that they're not paying Giuliani's legal fees has been an ongoing source of frustration, except for one very small tranche. I say very small, $350,000 or so. Small that's not, that's not small. It's just fees. small. It's small comparatively. Um, it's a lot of money in, in normal circumstances. But, you know, this is, a, this is a source of consternation about not having these fees paid for a lot of people. Jenna Ellis, who's one of the co-defendants in Georgia, has been very vocal about it. We will see whether that ends up becoming a problem for Trump. But the flip side is, if he's paying people's legal fees in a conspiracy case, I think that takes on a different patina. Yeah. What do you make of CNN's latest reporting about how Jack Smith's investigation seems to be continuing? We know they have the grand jury till September 15th. We'll see if it gets extended. But on Sidney Powell specifically and these efforts to breach voting machines uh, to essentially, you know, the involvement and the efforts that they had, not just in Georgia, but in Michigan and other states as well. I mean, the sense of just the, the investigation is still continuing past, you know, the charges that we've seen so far. Look, we know that uh, Jack Smith has continued to drill down aggressively in, in the documents case, the Mar-a-Lago case, and the January 6th case. In the January 6th case, among other things, there were six unindicted co-conspirators. Then there was separately this issue of looking at the fundraising with Save America. What this tells me is that he's looking at a broader range of fundraising, not just Save America and other efforts that were taking place. And I, that seems to be a, a bit of a newer avenue. Yeah, and he's been asking people about the Hugo Chavez comments that she was making and whatnot. Very public that she made those. Maggie Haverman, thank you. Thank you. Very much.